Welcome, and thank you for listening in. My name is Kayla, and this is Character Development. This podcast is produced to help enlighten you with true stories from real people who have encountered the unknown and overcame the unpredictable. With these stories, we want you to consider what life has to offer, and we hope you can learn the hidden importance. My name is uh, Shauna Reyes, and I'm a mother and a wife. I am married to Alejandro Reyes, who is a juvenile lifer serving a life sentence uh, for a crime committed when he was 16 years old. Um, how did we get here? That's what you want to know? Yeah. Okay. So it all started. No. Um, <laughs> about 10, 11 years ago, I was part of a prison ministry newsletter major major in autumn's prison ministry newsletter and i was a writer i am a writer but i was the kind of the person who helped format get getting the newsletter out and i would write i'd write poetry i'd write encouraging words and i knew of alex and he knew of me he was obsessed with the newsletter his words were every time i got a newsletter i looked for your name he didn't know anything about me, never seen a picture. He just knew me as Sister Shauna. Um, and for years, he just knew of me. We had an opportunity a year ago to meet. And when we met, it was just, it was, a, there was something there. And I was focused on doing ministry. I was not focused on having a relationship with anyone, much less a man in prison that was nothing i ever wanted my brother was in prison i've had uncle an uncle in prison i i knew what that life meant i didn't want that for me so i started focusing on ministry and he we corresponded we wrote each other and you know i started to look into his case and i was like wait he was a juvenile i had no idea what that meant I was like, what do you mean he was a juvenile? I started looking at his case. I went into the Harris County website and started looking at information. And, and he was 16 and he was, he was certified as an adult and for the crime he committed. And I was floored. I didn't know that was possible. I had no idea that we were sentencing juveniles as adults for such long times, life sentences. So... I, I decided I would try and see what I could do to help him without really him knowing because I didn't want to cross a line with him that maybe he didn't want me to or I kind of just like let me look and see what I can do. So I began to do some research. I began to study. I began to reach out to organizations in Washington, D.C. And they referred, they kept referring me to uh, Lone Star Justice Alliance, which is here in Texas. Um, it's a nonprofit agency ran by an attorney named Elizabeth Haneke, and she is phenomenal in in this type of case. So he, then I started getting letters from from him calling me his Shauna, and I had to actually have a heart to heart with him and say, I'm not your Shauna. I am not anyone's Shauna. I am not in a relationship. I don't want to be in a relationship. But I really liked him. He's got this joy about him, this brightness about him. This His character is not like you would expect somebody that's been 24 years in prison from the time he was 16. 
And so I, I was like, I, no, back off, buddy. You know, and that was kind of my attitude towards him. It's time to, to slow your roll. And, and he was like, okay. And I said, if we're meant to be together, God will bring us together. And he goes, well, how will we know? And I said, well, I believe he'll tell me and you at the same time. And he goes, okay. And he just had this confidence about him. Like, yeah, I know. And he knew something that I didn't. Um, I think he knew that I was his wife. And I know that sounds strange probably to a lot of people, but this is a man who for the last 19 years has walked with God. Uh, first few years in prison, not so much. But um, his time in prison has been, he, he's never been in trouble for any kind of violent offense or altercation since being in prison. He's only been in trouble one time, and that was almost 20 years ago, for having a $100 bill on him. Uh, we're talking about um, a man who the state deemed as um, unrehabilitatable, literally have stated that he, we can't rehabilitate you, we are sentencing you to life. And so that night when I went home, um, after having a conversation with him on the phone, I just said, you know, I'm going to pray. I felt like God was leading me into a time of prayer and fasting. And I, I, I decided, okay, it was time to pray. And I fasted, I think, for th- two or three days and prayed. I was in my closet praying and just seeking God because I felt like I, I needed to, to do something and I wasn't sure what. And the Lord was very clear. He said, you need to be his hands and feet in his case. And I said, God, I can't do that because I want to do your ministry. I can't do that. If I am his hands and feet, I will get to know him more and I will fall in love with him. And I don't want that. I didn't want to be in a relationship. I was I was bent on not being in a relationship, much less in a relationship with an inmate. And the Lord just really was very clear. He is your ministry. And I was like, if he's my ministry, then he would be my husband. And he's like, he is your ministry. And so I, what I didn't know is that same time period, Alex was actually praying, God, I want her to be my wife. I want her to be my wife. And within uh, five days, we were engaged. And it wasn't something, I was very panicky and shaky. I was like, no, this is crazy. What am I doing? And uh, we were married in August of last year. And, but when God does something, he does it. And that is one thing I've learned. Um, When he does it, he does it. (laughs) And I remember, Alex might mention this when he calls. I remember standing there looking at him, having contact with him for the first time, right before we're getting married, we're holding hands and I looked at him and I'm like, there's no turning back now. This is it. Once we're in it, we're in it. And, you know, we joke about that a lot because in the last year we have been through fire and not because of him and I arguing and fighting where most people think fire comes. No, we're, we're walking through this life sentence. And so as I began to dive into this whole life sentence thing, he, he tells me about this. He said, hey, I've got a number of a lady I need you to call. And her name is Deanna and she's with Epicenter. And I'm like, what is Epicenter? And it's uh, Epicenter for uh, Juvenile Justice um, 
Ministries, I believe is what it's called. And I reach out to Deanna. And here I am not knowing that there was actually movement in Texas to stop juvenile lifers, to to give them an opportunity. And I'll get into statistics shortly, but to give them an opportunity to to see parole. I had no idea that was going on. And here I am already doing the footwork because the Lord told me I was to be his hands and feet in his case. And he is my ministry. So I'm calling all over. I had a meeting with Ted Cruz's office, I, which is, is a federal level. And this is state. So it's totally different. But I was like, you guys need to know about these statistics here. These statistics are ridiculous. And I was really just wanting them to understand we need a reform. We need a prison parole reform specifically for juveniles. And Deanna's like, oh, we have this movement. We have a bill taking place. And we had a second look bill and it did fail in the house. It, it didn't fail. It was blocked in the house. Um, without going into too much detail, it was blocked. Um, but not because of the policy that was written on the bill. It was the politics. Um, and there were several Republicans and Democrats for the bill. But it didn't go. For, it couldn't go forward for various reasons. So, but the movement that took over the Capitol was amazing. So we're now gearing up for 2021. But in the meantime, Elizabeth Haneke, the lawyer I mentioned, is leading the charge for a U.S. Supreme Court case. So, back in the 90s, 1994-ish, 95. Children were dubbed super criminals and that they were some masterminds behind this super criminal, uh, like they were these mass, like they could plan these major crimes. But I don't know about you. I have a 15 year old and a 17 year old. I couldn't get my 15 year old to plan to clean his room. You know, I, I couldn't. And to say that these kids are planning these crimes and so they had this super predator theory. And we actually had um, a, a Florida representative say teens are the most violent criminals on the face of the earth in 1995. And, and so it was, it was insane. And between 1994 and 2000, you had attorneys, prosecutors, and politicians playing off the fear of America stating that you know they that there was a rise of the super predator teenager and and that if we don't do something for these juveniles and get them you know in in prison we're going to be under this wave of crime and what they were doing was actually showing young, young men and young women of color yeah it was color black hispanic mostly black but Hispanic as well. And, but what, what studies now have shown is that during that same time period of that super predator theory, juvenile crime was declining. Yet we were incarcerating juveniles at a ridiculous rate in the United States. And so, you know, US, uh, the US is the only country in the world that sentences juveniles to life. And it's insane. So, you know, in 2012, there was, um, I think it was Miller v. Alabama, where they recognized that it was unconstitutional to put a juvenile in life without parole. Well, in Texas, your life sentence with parole, you have to be there for 40 years before you see parole. What ends up happening is you've got juveniles that commit their crimes when they're 
when they're 16, they're 56 before they can even see parole. They're already out of their formative years. How are they going to get a job? They've never had a job. So they're going from state-funded housing to state-funded everything else when they come home because they, who's going to hire a 56-year-old with no experience? But here's the thing. That's if they make parole. And so for as I'm diving into all of this, Alex and I are, you know, our relationship is developing. We got married. But it was it was literally a time when I had to go I had to seriously ask myself a real viable question. Am I willing to be be by his side for 2 years? Am I willing to be by his side until he can see parole in 16 years? Am I willing to be by his side for life? And that's not an easy, I'm young, you know, it's not, I'm not really young, but I'm young and it's not an easy, it wasn't an easy decision to come by, but I would make that decision every day again and again and again. There's nothing that I wouldn't do, um, to be by his side. And when I go into the prison to visit my husband, I have guards tell me, oh, he's the good guy. He's the, you know, oh, you know who he, like, I was having a conversation with one of the wardens. I was like, hey, I talked to you. He was like, you did. And I said, yeah, I called you because they were giving him a hard time about him going to school. And I ended up having to go to the governor for that. That's a whole nother story. But uh, he goes, oh, I hope I was nice to you. And I said, you were. He goes, who is your husband? And I tell him, Alex Alejandro Reyes. And the, the guard that was right there, the CEO that was right there, she goes, you know, the guy that works up here, he's the one that gets in no kind of trouble. He's such a good... I mean, when, when you have a rapport like that with the guards, that's that says something about the character that you are and who you are. He's taken every rehabilitative class offered. He's teaching um, an epistle class right now. Um, in every Sunday morning, he teaches his class. He's the facilitator of the class, but he teaches it as uh, with major as well. Um, he, oh, he's a, he's also a mentor in um, Kingdom Brawlers, the quest for authentic manhood. Uh, so he's a mentor in that class to you know help these men that might be new to their faith really understand what it means to be a Christian man. But not only is he teaching them how to be a Christian man, but how to be a Christian man in prison. To see him grow and develop the way that he has just in the last year is amazing. I had one guard come up to me while I was waiting for him to come out for visitation and I was just sitting at the table and he said, how are you today, Miss Reyes? And I said, I'm good. And he goes, you're here every week. And I said, yes, I am every week, bright and early Saturday morning. He said, I don't know, how much time does he have left? And I just said, a little bit. I'm not going to claim he's got seven, 16 more years till he sees parole. That's not going to happen. I'm, I'm not accepting it. And he goes, he doesn't belong here. He goes, I've been doing this for over 20 years. He doesn't belong here. I don't know what he was like when he came in, but I know him. rehabilitative options for juveniles. Yes, but he's not the only one. In Texas, so let's let's back up. In the United States, there are as of June as of mid uh, 2017, in the United States there were 2300 juveniles approximately serving life sentences without parole. And that was actually Miller v Alabama 
said, no, 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 no. In 2012, you, the U.S. Supreme Court said, no, juveniles are get, need to be given the rehabilitative option. They don't need life without parole. They, it's mandatory. Still, there are still juveniles serving that sentence. There are 7,300 other juveniles in the United States serving life sentences with the possibility of parole. But get this, there are four states that make up 63% of those juvenile lifers. California, Georgia, Texas, and New York. 63% of juvenile lifers in the entire United States come from those four states. California has already passed a bill similar to the second look bill. And what they're seeing, I think they've, I might be wrong, but I believe it's 4,000 roughly have been released and they have zero recidivism. What they're finding is that these juveniles that are being released are actually becoming productive members of society. They're becoming business owners, family members, you know, active family members. They are truly becoming what they were intended to be. They don't want that life of crime. They have taken all those classes and the, and the people that are in the rehabilitative classes in TDC are, are the ones that were convicted as juveniles. They're not the ones that were there when they're in their mid-20s. So you see these men and women coming out being productive members of society. Now, Texas, we have roughly 7,000 juveniles serving adult sentences. Not, not life, just adult sentences. What ends up happening is they just, in the, in the mid-90s when Alex's case took place, they were rubber banning basically rubber banning them through the system, meaning they were getting certified as adults saying in the juvenile court, we can't rehabilitate you, you're going to criminal court. And, and so it was just repeat, repeat, repeat. So right now we have about 2000 juveniles that were sentenced to lengthy, if not life sentences, and they have been there for over 20 years already. And what you will find is that most of these guys are, and girls are productive members of that community. What are we doing? Why are we doing this to our kids? For them to say that we're, we, they were super predators, they were saying they're fatherless, that's why they're gonna become a super predator. They don't take into account the home life. They don't take into account what was going on. Was it a single mom? Was it a family who was just struggling financially, maybe living in a bad neighborhood, gotten wrong? They don't care about that. When it comes to those cases, they didn't care. And so the cost to, to house a Texas juvenile lifer is 2.5 million over the course of their life. The cost to have a juvenile lifer with the eligibility, chance at parole at 20 years is 625,000. You're saving a lot more money. Texas is just behind the wheel on it. We've got California, Nevada, Louisiana, Oklahoma just passed a bill this year for, for a second look for juvenile lifers. Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Florida, Michigan, Washington, and Oregon just passed it just a couple days ago um, at the chance at parole at 15 to 20 years. Some of them are 25.
how I got started down this path is, is crazy. You know, in fact, my dad doesn't know I'm married. <laughs> Sorry, daddy. Um, <laughs> my mom does. <laughs> um, but I didn't even tell my children until the day before I married him. Um, it was just, you know, lately I've been dealing with, you know, I realized I was, well, what will people think? Well, I don't really care what people think because he is an amazing person. When you get to know the person that these lawmakers say are super criminals, you're like, they are so far from super criminal, you know? And he is, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be down this path. I wouldn't be going down this path. I would be on a whole nother journey in my life, but I'm called to be his wife and that's what I am. And what am I? I'm his hands and feet in his case. And to let people know, um, yeah, I've learned so much from him. Like, and one of the biggest things that I always say, and and my children are learning this, is he is the head of our house, despite the fact that there are walls between us. And that is, you know, I very biblical. I keep him. I go to him. Hey, this is what's going on. You know, what do you think? He may not have experience out here in the in this world, but God, he he talks to God. And he's like, okay, we'll pray about this. Let, let's let's find out. Let's just pray about it. And then he'll come back and be like, this is what I feel. Is are you in agreement? Okay, I'm in agreement with you. you. Know what? It's very much. He's the head of our home. I'm the head of our kids. We have issues and problems. We go to one another. We pray with one another every morning, except when they're all locked down. He calls, and we pray every morning for our kids, our family, for our day. We have Bible studies over the phone. We worship God over the phone. We turn on our worship. He's a baby. Put on, put on some worship. Okay. And we just sit there and we worship. And we, we crack jokes all day. I literally feel like I am in high school when, I don't know about you, but me, when I was, when I was young, I had this idea of what a relationship was like, and it would be fun and silly and funny and not all this heaviness. And although he and I deal with a lot of heaviness because of what's going on in our lives with this case, not just that, but just daily lives, I feel like I'm back in high school. We crack jokes all the time. I will... I haven't done it yet. I, I told I told him I hope I don't do this when I'm getting recorded. I will just randomly break out in song. He'll say something and it will it will remind me of a lyric and a song and I'll just start singing and he'll just start cracking up or he'll do the same thing. Hi, baby. Hello. Hello. How are you? Okay. Good. You? Good. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I I must have accidentally hit reject or like ignore on the call when I picked up the phone. I didn't know you were calling. Okay. I figured it. Hey, Alex. How you doing? This is Oscar. Hello. How you doing, sir? Uh, we're doing great. Um, we're just sitting here with uh, Shauna, and uh, we're actually recording right now. Um, yes, I mean, uh, she was telling us a little bit of, uh, you know, um, 
the background story with you guys and uh you know, I gotta tell you, you have an amazing woman right here, and she's yeah. doing excellent work. Yeah, I just wanna kinda, you know, get your side of the story. Uh, if you wanted to just kinda just uh, touch touch base with us about beginnings. Sure. Okay. Um, Shauna actually was part of a ministry. Basically, you know, she would, she would write, uh, in the uh, uh, newsletters, and so there, you know, I I, I was actually, you know, uh, reading her her writing and how she will express uh, herself through the Word of God, and, and it it just uh, it just drew me to her writing. It was uh, just a, a, a beautiful thing to really just hear her revelation through the Word and. That's basically how, you know, we, uh, it, it started with me. Um, it kept going on for some time and it was very encouraged by, by her, her writing. And uh, so uh, with that, you know, it continued again and I had the opportunity to actually uh, uh, see a picture of her and <laughs> was, was blessed by by that as well. Okay. And uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, and so you know, then of course uh, I had the opportunity at the time. Greg had the opportunity to to uh, correspond with her, and um, and from there it, it just you know it 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 just grew. You know, our friendship and um, we would uh, study together. Um, through, through letters, of course, and um, then unfortunately we had the opportunity to uh, to communicate through, through through the phone, and from there, you know, it just it just grew, you know, um, doing studies from Book of Jeremiah to the Book of Romans, and you know, she would encourage me, and I would encourage her as well, and she would share, you know, her her story you know as a child and and how she would um, uh, go to missions at, at a very young age and how she was uh, you know part of of the youth uh, uh, leadership there in, in her school in her high school and it just really just you know just blessed me to see that the hand of God you know in, in her life you know and, and even up to now of course and so, you know, she would just encourage me and uh, we would encourage each other, you know, in the word. And it was just truly just a blessing that, you know, for God to just uh, put us, you know, in, in, in a situation that, you know, we look at that would be, you know, hardly unheard of, but uh, it just really just blessed me. and so. We continue, of course, to encourage and to read the word, and we would pray, we would fast, and and um, and, and move forward in that. And so, yeah, yeah from that's that point on. Yes. Yeah, that's that's uh that's pretty amazing. So, uh, so the time when you were reading the newsletter, uh, you yes. were you were feeling encouraged, and uh, you just had this like overwhelming feelings when you were uh, reading, and just kind of felt like you needed to know her. Oh yes, definitely, uh, definitely. Uh, 
for the simple fact that because of of, of uh, the special anointing that she that she you know has you know um, mm-hmm. and um, it, it was very very important for me to uh, to get to know you know and so <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> So, uh, uh, so w- what kind of work are you doing uh, inside? Because I know uh, I work with Major, and so Major's talked about you a lot, and he's, you know, uh, he's always had uh, good things to say about you, and you know, um, I know that uh, you're you have a hand of God too, and I know that your your ministry is on the inside, and I, I understand that um, you're. You're respected, and you're you're the type of person that people go to when they need um, when they need uh, you know that that kind of encouragement that um, Shauna has been giving. You want to talk about that a little bit? Oh well, yeah. As far as the ministry wise, that you're referring to, correct? right? Right. <laughs> right. Um, amen. Uh, well, you know, actually, I've been uh, uh, I'm, I'm part of the ministry here here in this unit, and. Uh, I was, uh, it, it, and it all started with uh, me participating in the, uh, the class that's called the Kingdom Brawler uh, class here. And the Kingdom Brawler class is actually, um, it helps, it helps men, men look at it from, from a deeper perspective as far as life, you know, in here. Just in here, we have all types of, 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 of people and all kinds of characters and etc. And so from there, you know, in this class called the King of Brawlers, you know, I eventually became um, a major role in this class. And to um, I, I was actually a, a captain at one time, you know, mm-hmm. and had a set of men, you know, that we would uh, unite together. And, and I would always give from a spiritual uh, point of view of of who God is and how how he is you know in, not just in my life but in in many characters throughout in the Bible and so that's basically you know with the King of Brawlers there and now which is now you know I'm now a, a, a mentor a mentor of that class mm-hmm. um, so that's that's on that note on the King of Brawlers class um, I've, I'm also part of the ministry team here um, I was in the choir uh, for for quite some time, for about five years. Uh, the Lord blessed me to, to be a part of, and from there, um, the Lord uh, uh, shifted me to the prayer team. And from there, I became uh, the prayer team leader. Um, actually, um, uh, my brother, you know, was uh, was was the leader okay. of that in that time, particular time, and so. Uh, but now they didn't pass on to me, and so uh, now I'm, I'm gladly to to serve uh, part of the ministry, uh, of the prayer team. So uh, that's that's amazing. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So, do you mind uh, talking about like the beginnings of your faith? How um, you came about um, finding your faith? Okay. Um, actually, started at a very young age. You know, I. I come from a Christian home, you know, uh, God be parents, you know, I thank God for them that are uh, are still alive, praise God for that. And so, you know, in that, in that environment, you know, uh, my father uh, taught me, 
you know, how to pray. He taught me the things of God, the ways of God, and how fruitful, you know, inwardly how a person can be, you know, with the Lord. And so he was a, a, a great example for me at a very young age. You know, my mother as well, you know, she was a faithful and is a faithful um, mother, you know, and, but, you know, it, it's, and it, it, it began from there and to experience, you know, the presence of God, you know, in our home, in the church, and et cetera. So, you know, it, it, it began there, and, and it reminds me of a, of a scripture, it's a proverb, you know, where it talks about that if you train up a child in the direction that he should go, and as he gets old, he would not depart from that. And so that, that scripture plays a, a, a strong view in my life, because that's the way it started with me. And the word of God was was implanted in me, you know, at a very young age. So I, I knew the things of God. You know, I experienced uh, and I witnessed and experienced what God can do in, in a person. And I've witnessed it. And so, you know, as, as the time progressed, you know, of course, um, we reached a teenage life and, and you know, we get our minds and we make decisions, you know, of our own. And so, but my parents always uh, shifted and, and directed me in the things of God. And so that's how it began with me. And so uh, that's that's just one side of, of it, of course, so. Okay, yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's, um... <clears throat> It's it's kind of sad actually. I just um, I, but at the same time it's very encouraging because uh, I'm I'm very um, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now just knowing that uh, Christ is working through you and I can feel it. The thing too is that um, I know that God is using you. God is using you in a way that uh, more ways than sometimes we can understand. And uh, I, I, I'm hearing your message. The same time, I want to know more about the message that um, maybe you feel that you need to share with us now, too. Something that you've been thinking about. Um, what, what was it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, you know, uh, just the goodness of God, you know, is one that I've, I've been thinking about. You know, the goodness of God... It's beyond measures as we know. And so, as a person, you know, as we men of God, and as we read the Word of God, and we study the Word of God, and, and you know, we begin to experience, you know, in a situation that, that you may find yourself, no matter what, you know, the Word of God is our hope. You know, Christ is our hope. And we see the goodness of him and how God sent his son, you know, to yeah. die for our sins. And so, you know, and by him being so good to us and he gives us this hope and he gives us, you know, an understanding of who he is and that he is a God of, of mercy and he is a God of, 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 of grace and a God of love. And, and so, 
you know, with that, you know, it, it's been, you know, running through me, you know, of course, and, and to see that God will always take us to levels and stages of life, you know, and and that he doesn't leave us without hope. Yes. And so with that, you know, it's just a blessing to have a, and to understand that is one thing, but to actually, you know, receive a revelation of that is a whole nother level. Yeah. You know, it's a level where, where that no matter what transpires in your life, you have this hope, you have this great assurance in this promise that God has given mankind. Right. And so that right there, you know, I just look at the goodness of God. Right. And that God is is awesome, you know, he's just yeah. awesome in that, you know, and just just a beautiful thing, you know. Yeah, it is a beautiful thing. It is. It is a beautiful thing. I think uh, when it comes to hope, you know, God sends us people and sometimes it takes us a while to recognize hope. You know, people come through um, and those people represent hope who come through doors and uh, who, who make those phone calls, who write letters. And um, we we uh, we sometimes takes us a while for us to uh, to to catch that and it is the hope that's there and it is the mercy too um yeah and um you and shauna uh it's you guys have a, a pretty um incredible relationship yes and uh just kind of i kind of want to know your thoughts i kind of want to know how you feel about things are going with your relationship and you know just kind of tell me just just tell me how, how, how things are. Be nice. How you feeling? <laughs> yes, and uh, <laughs> our, our relationship, uh, me and Shauna, is, is it's amazing. <laughs> she, she is amazing, as, as I, you know, tell her all the time. Yeah. I tell her that uh, she's the woman of my dreams. Yeah. He does. Um, you know, because it, it is, it's a divine work of God and how he put her in my life. There, there's no doubt about that. And she knows as well, you know, and how things work, work transpire, how things were put together. That's and awesome. so, you know, she is, she's just amazing to me. I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely a, a lot that can be said, and uh, I, uh, <laughs> I'm actually, you know, uh, I'm, um, I'm trying to think, you know, at the same time, I'm telling you uh, because it's, it's I'm, I'm just kind of like stuck right now. On that. <laughs> you don't have anything you know? to say. <laughs> no, I have, you know, I have much to say. But, uh, it's being know, recorded. Okay, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm say this here. I will say this. I will say this. You know, before before I met Sean, you know, I would always pray. You know, I would pray to God and I would ask God, you know, for my wife. Because I know she was out there. Yeah. I know she was out there. Yeah. It was, it's biblical. 
you know, uh -huh. and for a man to desire his rib. And I would desire my rib. <laughs> and I would pray and I would ask God to prepare me for her. And as the years, you know, continued in that manner, I would find myself praying and interceding for my rib. Right. You know, I would do that. And I would add, and I would tell the Lord, I would say, Lord, you know, uh, prepare me to be the man that she deserves. And these things, you know, God was, was hearing. He was hearing. Mm -hmm. But I always knew that God would bring my risk to me just as he did to Adam. Yeah. You know, and that's the story within itself. Yeah. And so, you know, when we met, you know, as I was sharing, you know, earlier about that, you know, it's just strictly just the work of God. And, you know, the communication came in, you know, the uh, 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 letters and, and the phone, and of course, through, uh, through our visits, you know, with each other. And so it, it was just amazing. Know, to, to see the hand of God uh, just move in our lives and we continue to uh, just uh, uh, just seek God and, and we, we pray, we fast, we fellowship and you know and, and, and we just encourage each other in that and, and we know that, that the best is yet to come. That's right. The mm -hmm. best is yet to come yeah. because God always uh, prevails. When, when God starts, He finishes. You know, and in the book of Philippians, um, uh, chapter 1, verse 6, it talks about it how what God starts in your life, He will complete that until the day of Jesus Christ. And so, it is very crucial for us to stand upon the Word of God, to believe the Word of God, and to present God His own Word. And as we do that in, in the scripture and how many characters in the Bible always did, they present God his word and God remembers his word. And that's how he fulfills it because he remembers his word. And so, you know, in, in our lives and that's how we, that's, that's what we do. That's what we do. We stand on the word of God and that strengthens our marriage, it strengthens our friendship, it strengthens our love for, for each other. And, and it's so important that we stay there. We stay mm -hmm. in that boundary, you know? And so she's just amazing. I just thank God for, for her, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to, to stand shoulder to shoulder, back to back, and to say, God is good. God is awesome in our lives and we're learning how to uh, entwine together and how to uh, grow you know in our in, in our relationship in our marriage and with the Lord as well and so yeah he is of my ministry and she is of my dreams thank you Alex and Shauna for sharing your incredible story your inspirations are limitless the best is yet to come. Thank you, Major Carter, for introducing Alex and Shauna to us. 
We are grateful for your support. Also, we would like to thank Deanna Lupreet with Epic Center Juvenile Justice Movement. You are the beacon of light that gives hope to many. We encourage all to look into the Second Look Bill. Your support could make the difference for those who deserve a second chance. Big shout out to Kingdom Brawlers organization. Thank you for challenging and encouraging those who seek out the quest for authentic manhood. And also a huge shout out to those behind the wall. We are your plug. Keep your chin up, hope conquers, and mercy thrives. Last but not least, we leave you with Alex's thought. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Here at Character Development Podcasting, we ask the question, who can relate? Do you have an inspiring story to share or is there someone else who does? If so, please be encouraged to contact us through our website, characterdevelopmentpodcasting.com and or post a comment. You are welcome to email us at oltora@outlook.com. O-L-T-O-R-A at Outlook.com. Our mission is to spread inspiration and we are making the strides to better this world by sharing your personal stories. If you would like to help us out with our goal, then please look us up. CDP can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Character Development Podcasting. Hashtag CDP Who Can Relate. Character Development Podcasting Who Can Relate is produced by Ultora Productions. This production is brought to you by our family, and I am your host today, Laura. Again, don't forget to tune in for future episodes, and thank you for listening in. Thank you.